Hi everyone, Rob Martin here, host of Bigger Questions. Now, just before we start this show, I just want to give you a quick reminder to let you know that there are still tickets available to our next live Bigger Questions recording of 2019, Why Do We Explore Space? Reflecting on 50 Years Since the Moon Landing. The conversation is shaping up really well, an intriguing topic, three terrific guests and a great city location. 7pm, Monday 3rd of June at Campari House in the City of Melbourne. Get your tickets at citybibleforum.org. Uh, because unlike space itself, tickets for this event are not infinite. So come along, ask your big questions, experience bigger questions live. We hope to see you there. Now, to this week's show. This is Bigger Questions with your host, Robert Martin. Welcome to Bigger Questions, recorded live in the city of Melbourne. Today's big question, would Jesus be a Christian today? We ask this question today to two people. First, to Dr. Sam Chan. Sam works as National Communicator with City Bible Forum, and he joins me now. Please welcome Dr. Sam Chan. We're also asking this question today to Julianne Laird. Julianne works as a senior staff worker at the Melbourne University Christian Union, helping students to consider Jesus. And he joins me now. Please welcome Julianne Laird. Well, to kick up bigger questions, we like to ask a couple of smaller questions. We do try to have a bit of fun on the show. Today we're asking Sam Chan and Julianne Laird if Jesus would be a Christian today. So I thought we'd test you on how much you know about Ned and Maud Flanders from the long-running TV show <laughs> The Simpsons. Now, of course, Ned Flanders is the Simpson family's extremely religious next diddly-door neighbour. So, do you feel qualified at all? No. <laughs> I used to binge on The Simpsons in the 90s, and I'm surprised it's still on, but I have not watched for about 20 years. Okay, right. Well, well maybe, maybe you'll be okay, but you've, you're not really a I haven't of... really seen it much. Okay, so right. You just see little snippets every now and again. Okay, well, you'll see how you go. Yeah, we'll try to get we'll you see. to pass, Julianne. Anyway, there's two <laughs> questions, both multiple choice. Okay, question one. What is Ned Flanders' pet peeve? Is it A, his wife Maud underlining passages from the Bible? <laughs> Is it B, his son Todd not using the correct form of the Lord's Prayer? Is it C, his neighbour Homer bathing in the nude on Sundays? Or is it D, people taking the Lord's name in vain? So which of those is Ned Flanders? Oh, is that for both of us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a quiz, oh, yeah, yeah. They all sound plausible. <laughs> um. <laughs> you might have to give Julianne a bit of a hand here. Yeah. So what's Ned Flanders' pet peeve? I'm going to go, for, so, I'm going to go for taking the Lord's name in vain. You're going to go for D. What yeah. are you going to go, Julian? I wouldn't recommend going for that one. Just to help you, just to help you pass here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe the prayer one, not getting the prayer right. I don't no, know. Well, actually, no. I'm sorry. The answer is actually A. His wife, Maud, underlining passages from the Bible. That's oh. his pet peeve. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so do you, you read both regularly use Bibles. Do you under, <laughs> underline passages? I used to underline because that's what my dad used to do. He, yeah, right. I, I, by the end, he had underlined every line in the Bible. <laughs> right. And I think, well, what's the point? The important, <laughs> the important verses should be the ones he hasn't underlined. Right, okay, yeah. <laughs> so you don't uh, underline Bible passages, Julian? Well, we, like uni students mostly use an app. So, <laughs> okay, right. so even yeah, the idea of a, a Bible. Well, you can actually do it technically, right. but okay, yeah, it's yeah. not quite the same. Okay, question two, and hopefully we'll be able to All get right. you to pass. Maud Flanders, the wife of Ned Flanders, once went away to a Bible camp for a week. What was she learning? Was it A, how to fast more than twice a week? Was it B, how to be more loving? Was it C, how to be more judgmental? Or D, the names of the trees of the Old Testament? The trees. So which of that, <laughs> which was Maud Flanders doing at Bible camp for a week? 
So I'm going to go for more judgmental because that's just how the Simpsons would have rolled. Right, yeah. But it would be so obscure, I feel like it would be learning the names of the trees. Possibly. Well, it's, it's, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just, uh, <laughs> I'd go something similar to what similar Sam, to Sam was going, just to, yeah, just to help you to pass there. So what are you going to go with? What are you I'm go actually with? fine to fail. It's okay. not really yeah, a big you know. <laughs> Well, the, actually, the answer was actually C. She was going to Bible camp right. to learn how to be more wow. judgmental. Yeah. There so. Sam, you defy judgment because you passed. Uh, Julianne, I'm not going to judge you too much, but play. Give it, yeah, but give a round of applause for um, the smaller questions. So then, is this how many people perceive Christians who learn to be judgmental, like Maud Flanders, Julianne? Yeah, I think uh, that is definitely a perception that people do have. Um, probably not so much at uni anymore, interestingly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, definitely my group of friends. Um, I had a friend who uh, said, OK, we need to have coffee. And I said, oh, what's going on? And well, she sat me down and she goes, I don't want you to be judgmental. But she said, I'm having an affair with a married guy and just let me know about it. And I said, have I been judgmental much in the past? And she goes, no, and not at all. But she presumed <laughs> but I would be. There was a perception there. Yeah, that you, there was a perception you've been, I mean, you go to Bible camps with students for a week, maybe just learning to be more judgmental, perhaps. <laughs> maybe that's, but that's the perception. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Sam? Is that, is that certainly the perception? That well, the, I remember as a kid going to church and my parents would always give us a little speech before we <laughs> left the car. Now, remember, you represent us. So there's this fear that we'll go out there to church, misrepresent our parents by mucking up too much, and my parents would be judged. And also, every Sunday morning, my mum would beg me not to wear thongs, not to wear a T-shirt. She was hoping I would wear my Sunday best. So I think deep down, there was a fear that we were going to be judged based on our behaviour and what we wore at mm. church. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, so it's very true then. Yeah. There was a YouTube video entitled Five Dark Simpsons Secrets that prove Ned Flanders is no saint. One user commented, Of course he's no saint, he's a Christian. So, why did that comment get 67 likes? Because it's true. <laughs> How is it true, though? Because uh, Christians aren't saints. Right, yeah. Isn't that true? Sam? Well, you know. It's that yes and no thing. Yeah. As a nerdy theologian, we could say we have the status of saints, that we belong to God. Yeah. But at a behavioural level, like there's a whole spectrum and, and we all behave very differently. And most of us say there's no way I'll behave according to my status as a saint. Mm -hmm. It's probably being like, though, because it's everybody's frustration at going, yeah, Christians are so not... That good. No, that's right. Yeah. So what, why are Christians so disliked, though? If you mention the word Christian, people think narrow-minded, yep. bigoted, yep. intolerant, self-righteous, hypocrite, as well as judgmental. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, except that I think that's the narrative, like the meta-narrative that's played out in the, in the media and stuff. But I feel like if you talk to someone who knew someone who was a Christian, that might actually not be their perception. Yeah, although many people don't actually know Christian people, though, I suppose. Mm. So they have this meta-narrative yeah. that shows like the Simpsons yeah. would demonstrate, perhaps, yeah. that the Christians are narrow-minded, bigoted, uh, yeah. judgmental, etc. And very friendly. But there's, but there's <laughs> and very friendly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's truth to that, though, isn't there? That Christians are you know, judgmental, hypocrites. Yeah. Well, yes, because I'm one of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I, unfortunately, I have to agree in terms of there are definitely times when I am like that. Well, again, <laughs> that, that feeling whenever you walk into a church, you go, shh, like you're being judged, you have to be respectful. 
and at the same time there seems there seem to be double standards. So you always get that backhanded compliment when people say, "Oh, you're a Christian." You don't behave. You don't seem like a Christian. I mean, you're a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, we've been friends for so long. How is yeah. this possible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Brian McLaren, a former pastor, wrote a piece in the New York Times entitled "What Religion Would Jesus Belong To," where he said, "Our religions often stand for the very opposite of what their founders stood for." So, what is different about Jesus to how Christians are perceived today? Maybe start with you, Julianne. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, definitely in terms of perception. So, like, the image that Christians have and the image that Jesus has seems to be different. So, yeah, um, yeah Christians are definitely seen as being judgmental and bigoted. Yeah, but Jesus is but not. No, so yeah. the McCrindle research um, is definitely talking about how Jesus is considered a good guy who's kind, yeah, who actually lives his life out in the way that he says he will yes so, yeah mccrindle yeah. research one person who was not a believer said this about jesus there says there is nothing negative about him he was a very moral person so many good traits there so sam are people attracted to, to jesus oh they are and that's why i love telling stories about jesus people end up being even more attracted when they hear the stories from Jesus. Like we think we have an idea of Jesus in our head, but when we hear the stories, they'll blow us away even more. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, whose first miracle was turning water into wine, that blows everyone's category of Jesus away, including the Christians. Because <laughs> in the original Greek, it says the guests were drunk and Jesus gives them more wine. So in Australia, he would fail his responsible <laughs> server of alcohol license. It would be revoked. Yeah. And there's the amazing story where this woman just comes in and washes Jesus' feet with her tears and perfume. Mm. And the religious people there say, you know, this man, Jesus, were a man of God and he knew what sort of woman this person was, he would not let her be doing this to him. Mm, so mm. somehow no one has a category for Jesus, whether you're a believer or a non-believer, uh, Jesus would blow all our categories away. So Jesus wasn't quite like Ned Flanders then? Um, <laughs> very different, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But people are not attracted to Christians though. In fact, in 2017, Oxford College banned the Christian Union from its Freshers' Fair on the grounds that it would be alienating for students for other religions and constitute microaggression. The organiser felt that students might feel unwelcome in their new college if the Christian Union had a stall. Hmm. So, Julianne, is their action understandable? Yeah, so... Basically, if there is a framework in terms of how you think about yourself and if you don't agree with that, then that's um, considered judgmental. So, like, there's a student at the moment... Or there's actually two students at the moment at uni who want to be considered one person and so they put put in all their work um, as one person and to think differently on that you're meant to be really accepting um, but to think differently that that's not the right way to go is considered incredibly judgmental and um, mm. yeah so it's um, yeah it's just different in terms of I think sometimes we have such different um, ways that we explain the world that they just don't even connect in terms of they um, yeah and so I think sometimes that just people really don't understand our point of view and we don't really understand the other point of view do you know what I mean so yeah. part of it is actually just so part of it's just misunderstandings yeah here. I think so but people misunderstand the Christian faith for example and they, yeah. but they think that well it's standing for certain things which will exclude others so therefore we need to yep. exclude them yep that's yeah. right. But what do you think, Sam? Well, again, it's understandable because if you think of the Western history, we have a long history of religious wars, sectarian violence. So almost this idea that 
religion causes more harm than good because people believe in God, thinks they're going to become black and white, us versus them, and that's why there's warfare. Just think of the history of Europe. And then Australia is a brand new start. There's no mention of God in the university. There was no theology department. There's no mention of God in our national anthem. And because of that, there's this idea there's peace because we're not disagreeing over God. We can disagree over coffee and chocolate and movies, but we're not going to go to war over those two things. But we will go to war over issues of God. Also, once we remove the idea of God and the sacred and we're just atoms and molecules... There's no such thing as real ontological truth anymore, just preferences. So what people hear when you say, well, when Christians make a truth on what they think is truth in the Bible, this is what God says, they're hearing you would prefer uh, a different version of happiness than mine. Mm. So again, you're taking away my happy ending. Uh, so uh, You're taking away my version of truth, my version yeah. of happiness. Yeah. So Julian, if Jesus were to work, walk onto a campus, how do you think he'd be, he'd be received? Uh, I think most people wouldn't know who he was. Okay, right, because yeah. <laughs> he spoke an, a, an old language. <laughs> no, I, I just think uh, we actually have a generation of people who've never really heard of Jesus yeah. and don't really know who he is. And so, yeah, I think people just wouldn't know. They wouldn't recognise him. No. Yeah, wouldn't know. Yeah. yeah. But so anyway, so don't we have a problem here, though? Jesus was forgiving, loving, mixing with those he didn't agree with. Yet Christians are known as being judgmental, hypocritical and intolerant. So is this what Jesus had in mind? when he set up his church? Sam? Well, it's interesting because in the Bible, especially the first three books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark and Luke, what Jesus spoke against wasn't so much... We think he spoke against atheism, secularism, whatever. He spoke against self-righteousness. Yeah. religious self-righteousness. So he would see judgmentalism both in the church and out of the church, but in all of humanity, in all our tribes and groups, he would see self-righteousness and judgmentalism, and that was what he spoke out against. Yeah. So I think um, that definitely in terms of the religious people, he was um, against their self-righteousness, but he was incredibly compassionate and kind to the people who didn't know much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know that there's a disconnect there in terms of that, mm. who Jesus is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we're asking Sam Chan and Julianne Laird this week's big question, which is what would Jesus be a Christian today? And as Sam has mentioned, the Bible deals with this question. And there's a story uh, from the Bible in the Gospel of Luke, which is one of the four biographies of Jesus' life that we have where Jesus shares a short story or parable which deals with this issue. Now, in chapter 18, verse 9, Jesus speaks to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else. So this is how people view Christians today, do you think, Julianne? Uh, well, yes and no. Yes so, and no, yeah, yeah. Definitely, as soon as you make a moral statement in terms of that you think this is a good thing. So my friend who was... Yeah, like I'm saying marriage is a good thing. Yeah, and she's yeah, having an she, affair. Yeah. So as soon as you make a statement like that as a follower of Jesus, you're then saying that this is, well, like what you're saying in terms of this is a truth sort of ideal. And if you go against that, then you're considered judgmental. So yeah. I yes. think it's just tricky. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So you're speaking to people who are confident of their own rights. This is what you were talking about before, mm. wasn't it, Sam? That's one of the things that Jesus was speaking against. Yeah. And if I could say now, like I don't know if this is way too early, but we're all confident of our self-righteousness. So How so? I say to people, we think sin is 
breaking a law, and in a sense it is. But for Jesus in the New Testament, sin for Jesus was, he would say to us now in 21st century Australia, that feeling you get on Earth Day when you've turned your lights off but your neighbour's left his lights on, that's self-righteousness. That feeling you have when you have a green eco shopping bag and your neighbour next to you has a plastic bag, that's self-righteousness. <laughs> that feeling you have when you're in your hybrid car and an <laughs> SUV pulls up next to you, that's self-righteousness. And that feeling you have when you put out the perfect Christmas newsletter where the family finally posed, all dressed, <laughs> and you could brag about your achievements for the year and you look at the, the single parent, you know, who can't hold it together, Jesus would say, that is self-righteousness. And for me, that is sin. Right, okay. So this is really what Jesus is dealing with here. Yeah. So this whole... Concept, perhaps. He's particularly speaking in a religious context, though, I suppose, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. He goes on the shares that two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. So what kind of a, a contrast is being set up here? Yeah. Julia? So the Pharisee obviously is meant to be someone who's doing the right thing and the tax collector isn't. isn't. Well, that was how they're understood in the ancient yeah, world. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's the thing in terms of it's about perception in that Christianity is meant to be about doing the right thing. Uh, a girl who used to live with us, um, her mother was really against her becoming a Christian and she was living at home and she did something that wasn't good and her mum goes, that wasn't very Christian of you, was it? And yeah. a student of ours said, it actually is. That's the whole point of Christianity is that we do do wrong things and, yeah, we're forgiven mm, in mm. that. Yeah, although the Pharisee was kind of happy with that he was doing the right things because he stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. So he's done the right thing. That he? is an amazing prayer. We get so used to it, but that would be like if I could get up in front of God and say, I thank you, I'm not <laughs> like that SUV owner, the plastic bag <laughs> shopper. I, you know, go to both <laughs> services on Sunday, the traditional and the contemporary service. I give my money to charity, both the tax deductible and the non-tax deductible <laughs> ones. I've been faithful to my wife. I've never cheated, never had an affair, and I drive my kids to Saturday sport every weekend. Yeah. That, that's the prayer he's just prayed. Right, Would, yeah. Who wouldn't want to have that same prayer? I, I wish I could pray the prayer <laughs> he's just prayed, because I couldn't. Yeah, how about you, Julia? Well, you, you, prob you, you probably say it anyway in your head, don't yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Thank you, well, I'm not I like other well. people. Yeah. <laughs> but then we meet the tax collector who approaches the temple quite differently. He says, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So what's surprising then about the tax collector's um, actions? Well, it's about the heart, isn't it, in terms of... Um, working out who we really are yeah. and, I, and I think really if our perception is that we are judgmental and stuff but I think most Christians that I know definitely have a grasp on their sinfulness yeah. and that actually what's what makes them a Christian so yeah and so this is what this guy the, yeah. the tax collector has kind of acknowledged he actually recognized I'm not perfect yep. uh, that there's something wrong with me yeah. yeah the whole idea we fall short again because of our Sunday school upbringing right or wrongly uh, for good or bad, we've always understood sin as breaking a law, and it is. But here, it's, no one's broken a law here. Well, the Pharisees followed all the laws. No, exactly. But it's this knowing that, you know what, I fall short. I'm not the person I want to be. I'm not the person my friends need me to be. And 
I'm not the person God needs me to be. And that's the idea that you've just raised about yeah. who you are. Yeah. Acknowledging who you are in some respects. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then what do you then make of Jesus' conclusion to the parable where he says, I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. So what does it mean to be justified before God, Sam? I love the way Jesus has to say it twice. This man, not the other one, this man. Because even no one, everyone's <laughs> sure Jesus got the ending wrong. Yeah. This man, not the other one, this man went home justified with a right standing before God. And But that doesn't seem right though, does it? Surely the religious guy doing yeah. the right stuff should be the one justified. Well... It all comes down to how how does God see you? you know, and it's based on status and we can get really nerdy and talk about the whole Christian worldview, but really our identity, our status is based on who Jesus is and what he's done. And this is the whole heart of Christianity. If you can understand this, it all just falls into place. In the end, it's not about behaviour because there's a spectrum of behaviours. It's not about how much do I know because there's a spectrum of knowledge. It's not how much do I understand because there's a spectrum but who do I belong to? Like, what is my status? Mm. Am I of Team Jesus? Yes. And that is what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. And there's something so liberating and empowering because it means at that moment when that tax collector prayed that prayer, he would have gone, oh, finally, I can stop pretending to be perfect. Mm. And there's something so humbling and liberating as opposed to the other dude who has to keep pretending to be perfect and there's something so destructive and insecure mm. about that behaviour. Yeah. 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 And that's relevant for you as well, is it, Julianne? Yeah, I feel like that's definitely the heart of the Christian message. Um, but not many people know that, do they? Well, there seems to be a problem here, though, isn't there? Yeah. Because this is not with a public perception or the perception of Christians. They seem to be yeah. you know, judgmental, intolerant, etc. Yeah, because um, they, 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 the they think the Christian message is you have to be perfect and you're judging me for not being perfect uh, because God is perfect. Mm. But the, so is, that, is that what your friend was thinking, do you think, when she was yeah. admitted to the affair? Yeah. And so I think every time you have a difference in terms of how you go about living your life one person will feel judged by the other. So it's like the yeah. bag situation. Yes. And, and that's, that's you judge You judge others when you, when you take your bags, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I always take my bags. I guess so. <laughs> that was a very judgmental Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but Jesus flips around. We think I have to be perfect because God is perfect. But Jesus flips around because Jesus is perfect. I don't have to be perfect. Mm. I don't have to pretend to be perfect anymore. And that's just so liberating. Mm. And God loves me just yeah. the way I am. But then... The second half is God loves me too much to leave me the way I am. So he will then improve my behaviour, my knowledge, my understanding. And sorry, I'm going to steal the punchline in case I am. But Jesus ends up by saying whoever humbles himself, yeah, God will lift up. Yeah, that's so you said. stop pretending you're perfect. God yeah. will actually raise you to where you should be now. Well, that's what he says. He says, for all those who exalt themselves will yeah. be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Yeah, that's so what we saying. keep trying to pretend we're perfect. In the end, we destroy ourselves because it's unsustainable. And we really, deep down, we know we're not the people we should be. Mm. But if we can just admit that, humble ourselves, God will liberate mm. us and, and raise us up to be who we should be. So what's gone wrong then? There's a question here that touches on this from our uh, text line from our live audience. How can there be such a disconnect between Jesus and his followers? Like there's, there is a different in, difference in terms of perception, but the people that I know in my local church and the students that I know definitely know how sinful they are and um, their brokenness, but they understand who Jesus is. So you're not really a Christian if you don't get the whole grace thing. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like, um, yeah, so a lot of people say, why do you even go to church? And I go, actually, it's a really great 
moment at church at the moment because we don't have a heap of people who are just good righteous sort of people who are coming to church we're actually a group of broken people who come together to actually know jesus so from your experience a lot of the people the christians you know actually resemble perhaps more like the tax collector rather than the the self-righteous pharisee yeah but, i would yeah. hope so yeah is that your experience as well sam um i think all of us christians yeah, we make a mistake sure. so i someone my, my boss even told a joke i wonder what would have happened two years after jesus story that tax collector after finding forgiveness would he have become the pharisee two years later and that's a mistake christians can make that we think we're in oh i'm in because i must be perfect that why else would god let me in his team yeah and we forget so we flipped around I get the script, I'm perfect, God's perfect. No, 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 no. It's because Jesus is perfect. God sees you as perfect. Uh, and, and if we can just keep reminding ourselves of how short we are uh, of God's glory. Mm, yeah. mm. So again, this re- relates to this whole public perception idea. So why don't more Christians today resemble tax collectors? Well, two sides. One, maybe, again, we're too proud and insecure to admit it, whereas if we can just humble ourselves, there's something very liberating about sharing where we are from our point of brokenness and shame and dishonour. And there's something very liberating about that. And, and on the other hand, maybe we've just got bad PR. People just don't know <laughs> enough Christians. Yeah. Well, this is another, yeah. another question on that from our text line from our live audience. Why do people think that the Christian message is people have to be perfect? If people think that that's what Christianity is about, isn't that the Christian's fault for not communicating clearly? Yeah. So you agree with that, Julianne? Uh, yeah, I think we definitely have a, a bad PR problem. And so, people represent us often who just go, Whoa, why did you say that in terms of how it comes across in the media and stuff like that, but also misrepresent it. Right. Um, yeah, so like I, I was driving my son to basketball and a friend of mine was walking and I just chatted and said hi and she was walking to the same basketball, she was walking her kids and her um, husband rang me and told me off and said that was such not a good Christian thing to do is that you didn't offer to pick up my wife who was walking and I went oh I thought she was walking because of exercise <laughs> uh, and so her his perception straight away was that I'd done the wrong thing even though I didn't think I was and so like I actually misrepresented Jesus to him because of what he thought I should do and I'm just going, man, you can never win either <laughs> in terms of going, you think you're doing the right thing, but actually yeah. how you're perceived is quite different. Mm. So Sam and Julianne, would Jesus be a Christian today? We'll start with you, Sam. Well, it's a funny question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird question. <laughs> Certainly not if it's associated with all the negative stuff. Yeah. Um, which, is, which, as you said, is a bit of a PR problem, perhaps. That's, that you know, if we saw religion as a meritocracy where you had to earn your place to be better than everyone around you, then certainly not. But if you saw it as a way to be connected with the Creator, to be part of a story bigger than your own story, to have love, purpose, meaning and belonging, and to be part of Team Jesus and be connected with the Creator, then I guess he would love to be a Christian. Yeah. How about you, Julia? Well, technically, a Christian is someone who follows Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, is that, can you say yes to Jesus following Jesus? Yes. Uh, yeah. So I think, um, I don't know that Jesus would have been that concerned about reputation. And um, it, so what? There's a bit of an image problem in terms of Christianity. 
I think um, Jesus is interested in people's hearts and I think that's what you find when you go to a local church is just how much people know Jesus and love him and uh, they totally acknowledge their sinfulness because that's actually the whole gospel message. Mm. Yeah, more like a tax collector than a Pharisee. Yeah. Well, let me leave you with the Bible's answer to the big question, would Jesus be a Christian today? From Luke 18, 14. All those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I look forward to you joining us next time. For bigger questions, please thank our guests today, Sam Chan and Julianne Laird. Enjoy bigger questions? You can help us keep asking them for as little as $1 a podcast. Support the show. Go to patreon.com slash bigger questions.